Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Friends, hello there, and welcome to part two in the Psalm 23 series. Last week was so much fun, laying a foundation of what it takes to be a strong and savvy shepherd. Because when David launches in to Psalm 23, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because this is a savvy shepherd, because David understood intimately as a shepherd himself what it takes to lead a flock well, he said, My security is in the Lord. He is my savvy shepherd. He understands the environment. He understands what it's like. He understands what we go through. And as a result of that, I shall not want. I will not lack because this God is going to provide for me. And at the end of last week's teaching, I said like the rest of Psalm 23 is expounding all the different ways in which the good shepherd provides for his flock. So verse two, here we go. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Oh, green pastures, still waters. This imagery is amazing. And so we're going to split these into two different teachings. So next week, still waters. Today, let's look at this first part. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, one of the resources that I put under this teaching, and actually it'll be in all of the Psalm 23 series, is a book by by a guy by the name of Kenneth Bailey on Psalm 23 going up through the New Testament. But his chapter on Psalm 23 is just awesome. And in that he says, listen, you can't make sheep lie down. It's like the old proverb, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So the idea here is not that the shepherd is making the sheep or the goats lie down. It's that the shepherd has provided for the needs of the flock and they are able to rest, to sit down. And that's both with food, green pastures, and with water, which is the still waters we'll talk about next week. And so one of the things that Kenneth Bailey says is he says you can translate it like equally so, and it just makes more sense in the context, that he settles me down in green pastures. And so when we look at it from this perspective, we go, okay, I get the settles me down part, 
But some of you, if you had a chance to watch the teaching last week, you will remember seeing this video clip of the Negev Desert, which is one of the areas that flocks thrive in. And if you're looking at this going, all right, I see a flock going across the hill here. Green pastures? Like, where is this in the context of the video that I showed last week? And I'm obviously showing it again right now. Well, here we go, because this is where the idea of green pastures gets really, really fascinating. I showed you this map last week of where the Negev was. Now, there is a city in the Negev um, called Arad, and I was there a few months ago. In fact, I've been there a couple of times this year. And I want to show you the photo that I took in May, and then I want to show you the photo that I took before that in March. So here is the picture I took in May, and this is what Arad looks like uh, most of the year. But from just a couple of months earlier, in March, it looked like this. Now, if you're thinking green pastures, or at least as I was thinking about green pastures growing up, like that is what I had in mind. And friends, I can tell you that in March, I have never seen grass this green, this thick in the Negev desert before ever. Like it was just mind blowing to me. In fact, I had a friend by the name of Chuck on the trip. I'm like, Chuck, like pull off, man. I got to get a photo of you so people can see how high this grass is because friends, this is very, very rare. In fact, it rains six months out of the year, but the three main months that it rains, December, January, February, you will have in pockets of the country, especially where sheep and goats reside, there'll be pockets where you will get green grass and it is like sheep consuming green pastures in the way that we often think about green pastures. So here's a great photo from Todd Bolin of BiblePlaces.com. And by the way, I linked one of his um, photo albums for Psalm 23 at the bottom of this teaching. It's just amazing for those of you who are like into the sheep and goats in Psalm 23. And you want some great imagery here. But here's one photo of sheep out in green pastures. Um, here's one that I took as well that's got some green pastures back here. And again, this is only a few months out of the year. Do you even have the opportunity to see something like this for the other? Other nine months, friends, this is the environment. This is the look. And in here are quote unquote green pastures. Now here's another photo from, from the Negev. And if I was to say, where are the green pastures? You would go, well, is that the green pastures right there? No, it's not. What we saw in the earlier photos has turned into a tan straw um, you know, little kind of hay looking piece that sits on the ground. And friends, this is what that green pastures looks like for the rest of the year. This is what the sheep and goats are consuming. In fact, on an average day, a flock will cover five square miles because the shepherd is going to keep them moving in order for them to not overgraze an area and destroy it because they need to keep it for them. You know, they, they pretty much handle the same area every day or a couple of different pockets of that is that they can't overgraze and the shepherd needs to keep them moving, but they need enough to keep going. And when David says he settles me down in green pastures, it's this idea that there are times 
Whereas a member of the flock, you get to experience this in life, that you have your needs met, right? It's lush, it's green, there is an abundance. But David knew oh too well that this is only part of life experience, that the other part of life experience is this. And the shepherd knows where to take you so that you will have enough. And as I've been thinking about this in this form of what I wanted to share with you in this particular episode, there was a passage that just came to mind that I thought would be really helpful to bring to your attention. It's from Philippians chapter 4. So it's obviously a New Testament passage. Paul is writing to the followers of Jesus in Philippi, which is a community in Greece, okay, modern Greece today. And he's in prison. And listen to these words that he writes from prison. Okay, that's, that's the context here. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is like to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's the secret. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, that's the context for that passage. Like, it's so interesting. I hear this passage thrown around all the time where people are like, okay, I want to win the championship and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or I'm going to beat cancer because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or I'm going to, I'm going to make a million dollars because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's like, well, if Christ is strengthening you to do those things, great. But just understand when we claim that as the promise of God, its context is in the form of contentment and contentment when you have what you need and when you are struggling to have your basic needs met. Paul goes, listen, I understand this. I understand what it is to have plenty. I understand what it is to be in need. I understand the dichotomy of these two worlds. And regardless of what life throws my way, I have the secret of how I can thrive in both of these environments. It is Christ. It is God who strengthens me. And so, friends, as we begin just to think about the implications of green pastures, I think sometimes we struggle with God because we go, well, if green pastures means this all the time, then when I'm here, I'm struggling because, God, you promised me green pastures. But friends, in the context of what David is talking about, this is part of life and this is part of life. And the good shepherd will lead us through both. And the question becomes is what are we going to do in both of these situations? Because when we have plenty, it's very easy to go, well, I really don't need God. And we don't find a way to find our security in God. We're finding security in the goodness of our circumstances, right? And likewise, we can get into these circumstances and not find security in God because we think God's failing us in some way and that God owes us the green when we're feeling it in the brown. And we can start to back away from God because we think God is being unfair. And yet, friends, this, this is the reality of life. 
and we reside sometimes here and we reside sometimes over here. And I believe that in all of this, what David is saying is that if you find yourself over here where you're struggling, that God's promise to us is that you will have just enough. That that's the word of encouragement that God gives to us. We will have just enough. Because again, this is a communal sense. Um, You're not the only sheep in the field like you're in a flock. So when we're part of God's community, when relying on others, when God's working through us, when God's working through others, when he's leading us, like you will have just enough. Now, just kind of a little bit on the flip side here. Um, I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday. My family went and celebrated with another family. Their, their daughter just had a birthday and we were at a restaurant and I met um, a couple that I hadn't met before that was connected to our friends. And we were talking. I just said, hey, how long have you been in the greater Nashville area? And he was telling me and I said, and what brought you here? And so he started talking about the work that he was doing. And he said, man, for years I was in this job and it was just sucking the life out of me. And I just got to the end of my rope and I said, I need to do something about this. And so he said, I just launched a company. And he said, you know, it's about a year and a half, two years in. And he said, it's going so well. He says, we're doing so well. He said that, that I almost feel guilty. And I was like, with this picture in mind going, dude, wait a minute, hold on a moment. Like you don't have to feel guilty if you're experiencing abundance right now. That, that, this is not what we want to long to be in, that if God is, 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 is allowing us to experience the green pastures as in like our needs are met, we're experiencing abundance, we're just in a good place, we're feeling rest in our lives, you know, we're thriving in our job, uh, our family, whatever. Bless God for that. There's nothing wrong with God allowing us to experience that. Just don't forget God in the process. It was almost like he said, I'm experiencing this, but I feel guilty like I, I should be experiencing that. And I would just say for all of us that, that when God gives us these times, like embrace them. When God gives us these times in the brown, embrace them. Because I believe we're going to learn something about God over here that we don't learn about God over here. But we don't just long to leave this to go to this if this is a gift from God. And this is a gift from God. God wants to work with us in the midst of whatever situation we find ourselves in. And I believe when David said he settles me in green pastures is that David knows how to be content, whatever the circumstances, just as Paul says, like, I know the secret. Christ strengthens me. God strengthens me so that I can handle whatever situation comes my way. And and friends, the, the reality of life is that oftentimes we experience both of these at the same time. You know, like in our professional career, we may be experiencing the green but one of our kids is in the brown. Or as a family, we're experiencing the green, and yet somebody we love is going through a sickness that has them in the brown. And it's like we understand this paradox, we understand this tension that we will navigate both of these worlds, sometimes even on a daily basis. 
And I believe that what David is saying here is that when my savvy shepherd settles me in green pastures, David again is saying, my security is God. My security is not in my green. My security is not in my brown. My security is in God. And this is a God who loves me, who is for me, is with me. He's leading me. He's not driving me. He's leading me. And as I follow, I will have what I need to navigate these, especially when I'm going through this. God is saying, you will have just enough, just enough to get through the day, just enough to get through that temptation, just enough to get through this period where the finances are tight, just enough to do what I need to do that I believe God may be calling us to do in a particular moment. So friends, I pray that you would just embrace this green pastures on both sides of the green and the brown and to recognize anew just what it means when we follow the Good Shepherd and how He'll provide for us whatever the circumstances, He will give us strength. So where you need contentment, ask for contentment. Where you need just enough, ask for just enough. And may you experience the Good Shepherd anew as a result of now understanding this passage more in its proper context. So friends, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. One of the things I forgot to mention at the end of last week's teaching is I would love to do a teaching at the end of this series, answering all your questions again, like we did with Zacchaeus. And so if you've got questions about the Savvy Shepherd, throw that under last week's teaching. If you've got questions with today's teaching, just throw them there and uh, you can do that for the weeks to come. So friends, again, thanks so much for stopping by and may you walk out the text well in your life.